Welcome back to another episode of Oral Max Facts. Today, we are moving to another area of orthognathic complications, bad splits in bilateral sagittal split osteotomy, an unfavorable and unanticipated pattern of mandibular segmented split osteotomy is generally referred to as bad split. Today's objectives are reviewing the patterns of the bad splits and management, the evidence behind the impact of age on the risk of bad split, and the evidence behind the presence of third molar on the possible risk of bad split. The bilateral sagittal split osteotomy is a common procedure in orthodontic surgery. The first report of this technique was by Dr. Schrauner and Obvigazer in 1955. And since then, there has been several modifications in order to reduce the complications and make it a better technique. So we leave the fascinating story of PSSO modification for another time. The intraop complications, as we all know, are nerve injury, bleeding, and irregular split pattern. Today, we're going to talk about what we call bad splits. As Miriam explained, it's basically an untoward complication while doing the surgery and predictable factors of this bad split, especially extraction of third molars. The average reported incidence of bad splits during PSSO is 2.3% per site, and it ranges anywhere from 0.2% to 11.4%. Unfortunately, to the best of our knowledge, there is no clinical trials investigating risk factors associated with bad splits in BSSO. So the next best level of evidence are retrospective studies, prospective studies, systematic review, and meta-analysis. Good news, bad news, is that there are few quality articles out there, and we are summarizing them all here for you. Patterns of bad split and management. Let's start there. One of the favorite written board questions for the juniors and seniors listening is what is the most common pattern of bad split? And the answer is, buckle plate fracture. One of the best studies out there is a systematic review and meta-analysis by Dr. Stenen and colleagues from Netherlands. In their article, Bad Splits in Bilateral Sagittal Split Osteotomy, Systematic Review of Fracture Pattern, published in 2016, they included 33 studies between 1971 to 2015 that met their inclusion criteria. In theory, when you're dealing with a bad split, the goal is to complete the split and stabilize the segment. Sometimes, if the fracture is hard to stabilize, you can convert the case to IVRO and put the patient in MMF. So let's start by reviewing the patterns of fracture. So first of all, we'll talk about proximal segment buckle plate fracture. One of the worst kind of buckle plate fracture is when the buckle fracture line runs above the lingula, it leaves the condylar segment entirely free. In this case, the goal is to secure the condylar stump to the remaining buccal cortex. In this case, removal of additional coronoid process will eliminate traction of the neoporalis muscle and help you to align the segments easier. Another type would be distal segment lingual fracture. Interestingly enough, in early 1980s, Prior to Dr. Hunsuk modification, which is not going to the posterior border of ramus with recipsaw, as opposed to obvigazer design, 
all fractures on the lingual side short of posterior ramus was considered bad split. The lingual fracture can be categorized into two categories, vertical and horizontal. The lingual segment fracture typically occurs in third molar region where the cortical bone is thin and it's not easily stabilized, mainly from excessive lateral inclination of the osteotomes. The osteotomes should be inclined toward the buccal. The goal again is completing the fracture, ensuring that condyle is seated in the fossa. One of the main differences of lingual fracture versus buccal fracture is that lingual fracture rarely needs to be stabilized using plates and screws. Buccal plating with monocortical screws is sufficient. Lastly, in cases with significant asymmetry, there might be a significant interference between proximal and distal segments, which may require an intended lingual fracture. Another pattern would be coronoid process fracture and condylar neck fracture. These are two different categories, but they each had only four cases in the systematic review. So let's talk about the evidence behind the impact of age on risk of getting a bad split. Doctors Stenson and colleague found 18 study that included age of patients in cases with an incidence of bad split. The average age of patients in these 18 study ranged from 17 to 41 years old. They found a weak but statistically significant correlation between increasing average age and increasing occurrence of bad split. Two different studies statistically compared mean ages of bad split cases with regular split cases and found significantly higher mean ages for the bad split cases. And what was the age that they looked at? 35 versus 25 years old and 26.6 versus 21.8 years old, respectively. The third study on this topic that we want to bring to you guys is an interesting retrospective study that was published from University of Kentucky. 220 patients were included. Of the 215 patients who underwent sagittal split osteotomy, 210 of them had bilateral mandibular surgeries, while five had a unilateral sagittal split osteotomy. That made the total uh, sagittal split osteotomy to 425, and their incidence of bad split was 2.7 per site within the range that we discussed in the beginning of this episode. The main age of patient at the time of surgery was 23.28 years old, and it ranged from 12 to 68. Concurring with previously discussed systematic review and meta-analysis here, they noted that older age does increase the risk of adverse fracture when analyzing by sight when comparing the average age of patient who have who had a bad split with the average age of patients who did not have a bad split. So the average age of all six patients who had a bad split came to 34 years versus the one in no bad split group had an average age of 24. Very, very similar to the Dr. Sten and colleagues studies. So there's enough evidence to hypothesize that mandibular bone is at least susceptible to bad splits in early adults, but the quality of data available does not support the specification of an age range. Was there a gender correlation? I wonder. 
considering the risk of osteoporosis increases in women after 30? Well, there aren't many studies out there on this topic, but there are a few studies that gives us a sense that their consensus is that sex has no correlation with the incidence of bed splits. Yeah, there are no specific study looking at impact of gender, but you know, gender oftentimes gets collected in those retrospective studies and can be used as a third um, outcome measure. Uh, and therefore, so far, no uh, correlations have been noted. Let's look at another variable, which is the presence or absence of a third molar. Mariam, would you agree that most of her attending preference was to extract third molar six months prior to surgery? Yeah, uh, at least where I was trained, that was the, that was the, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like I said, when I was in Cincinnati, Dr. Krishnan actually extracts the third molars at the time of surgery. So again, Mm. you know, what school of training you came from. Let's look at the studies. So we found one prospective cohort study from Iran that was published in 2020. In this study, a total of 140 patients under 40 years old were candidates for BSSO during class three skeletal discrepancy. These patients were divided randomly into two equal groups. One group of patients had the impacted mandibular third molars and another one had the third molars removed at least six months before surgery. All surgeries were performed by one surgeon. They had four bat splits between both groups, three in the group with thermolar present at the time of surgery, and one in the group without the presence of thermolar. And they did not find a significant difference between these groups, but perhaps because the sample size was also really small. So even though these two studies were good quality studies, clinical decisions are hard to be driven from them due to small sample size. So now we have to move to the lower tier of evidence, which is retrospective studies. We mentioned mentioned this study before from University of Kentucky by Dr. Cunningham and colleague also looked at the impact of third molar on incidence of bad split. In their study that included 215 patients, 30%, 66 patients, had one or more impacted third molars. And 41%, 48 patients, of those had fully bony impacted wisdom teeth. Out of six bad split, four had third molars and two didn't. Although statistically significant difference was noted, the sample size is still quite small. Another article that was published by Messick and all in British Journal of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery reported 17 bad split out of 851 sagittal split, around 2%. According to their data, the removal of third molars at the same time as BSSO was significantly associated with a bad split. In eight of 17 bad split, a third molar was present at site. That doesn't seem like a significant number. It seems about half half the patients had bad splits with their molars. But thankfully, again, it was a very rare complication, 2%. So we are getting statistically significant difference. It's just that our, sam- our original sample size is small and makes us hard to really want to put all the weights on it, uh, on the conclusion that comes from a small sample size. All right. One more study by... Dr. Reineke et al. published in Journal of Oral Maxillofacial Surgery in 2002, investigated the effect of the presence of an uninterrupted third molar on mandibular sagittal split astatomy. 
one operator performed 139 sigil split osteotomies and fracture rate was 2.88%. Again, this study showed increased risk of fat splits with the presence of uninterrupted third molars. Additionally, because these uninterrupted third molars were present in younger patients, they also concluded in opposition to what we had discussed earlier on, on mm-hmm. age, they concluded in this study that young age with the average of 20 years is correlated with increased risk of fat splits. There you go. <laughs> Are you more confused or is this clear for you guys? <laughs> so, so let's look back to a systematic review and meta-analysis, which by the way, did not include the mentioned studies because many of them are a lot more recent. There are five retrospective cohort study and two prospective cohort study that were included in this meta-analysis. In this study, the incidence of bad split again was 2.65 in the group with third molar present, a total of 31 bad split in 1,171 split sites versus 2.67% in the group with third molar absent at the surgery, a total of 52 bat split in 1944 split sites. Bottom line, there is no evidence to support the notion that the presence or absence of third molar during VSSO affects the occurrence of the bat split. So what are the conclusions from today's episode, Miriam? The incidence of bat split is around 2.5%, give or take. Mm-hmm. Current evidence guides us to hypothesize patients who are 25 or younger are less susceptible for bat splits than older patients. The verdict is still out on whether bat splits occur at a higher or lower rate on patients with impacted third molar. That's it, guys. <laughs> we hope you really enjoyed it because we did. Okay, guys. Right. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.